Welcome to episode number 17 of Off the Shelf. Welcome to Off the Shelf, a podcast focused on an objective examination of the life and ministry of William Branham. Our goal is for you to know what it means to be a true follower of Jesus in the context of Scripture and the message of William Branham. We have now reached over 90 countries from Malaysia to Madagascar with our podcast. If you're enjoying the podcast, please leave a comment on our website. This week, we are continuing our interview with Emily Arndt. Emily grew up in the message in Wisconsin, but never heard the good news of Jesus Christ until she was 21 years of age. Emily became a veterinary technician and is currently living and serving with the Christian Veterinary Mission in Kampala, Uganda, East Africa. She is assistant clinician facilitator in the surgical department of Uganda's only veterinary college. She works under a missionary veterinarian from the UK and also assists the Africa Center for Apologetics Research, who work to train believers for the defense of the faith and mobilize Christians for the neglected but essential task of cult evangelism. Let's jump back into our interview with Emily. Cognitive dissonance is a, we're going to do a full podcast in this at some point in time, but cognitive dissonance you actually, it's your brain working away subconsciously. You don't even understand. So you will grab onto the flimsiest excuse. I have talked to people, very intelligent, smart people, who when you ask them a question, the response you'll get doesn't make any logical sense. But they have to grab onto that illogical answer and that illogical reason for holding onto the, me- the message because... If they admit that that what you're saying to them is right, then they're wrong, and their whole world their whole worldview comes apart and has a massive gaping hole in it, and they their brain won't let them do that. Exactly, yeah, it's amazing when you do kind of learn more about the brain and do get into a bit of psychology. I'm even facing challenges with my brain, having lived in Uganda for three and a half years now, driving on the left-hand side of the road, I come over here to North America, where they drive on the right side of the road, and they call that limbic leg. I know that it's legal, and I need to drive on the right side of the road here, but I've spent so much time driving on the left-hand side of the road, which wasn't natural for me, because I grew up driving on the right side of the road, that I come out and I back out of a driveway, and I'm like, wait, which way do I need to go? <laughs> and sometimes I subconsciously pick the wrong way, and I'm just really glad there's not been a car around. Yeah, you need, so, you need Google Maps. <laughs> yeah. So Turn the brain, here, the brain yeah. is a very interesting thing. So, so these things you talked about kind of created a an atmosphere or a propensity to say there's something wrong here. What then actually what what was the 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 
steps that you went through to actually come to the realization that the message was wrong? I think it was a journey that even progressed after me leaving the church. Um, you know, I slowly started making excuses on Wednesday night that have to be busy with my job. Then on Sunday night, I'd have to be busy with my job. Then finally, I made the decision to leave outright. It probably took me a year to get to that point, even though I had already checked out mentally. But I was so afraid of the effects it would have on my parents, which is a codependent behavior, your actions, you know, you don't want it to affect other people and how are they going to respond? Because I had seen other friends leave the message and then their parents would have to have a service and they call them out from under the blood. And then everyone was talking bad about the parents. Maybe they didn't raise the children right. And so I left. And at this point, I'm like, I don't know if there is God. I don't know if I care about God. If there is God, like he's pretty much a jerk. Uh, so I thought I'm not going to go to church and I'm going to be happy finally. <laughs> well, I wasn't happy. So then I called my grandma and said, hey, can I go to church with you? Even though I was terrified because she goes to a heathen lodge who believes in the Trinity. And of course, if there is a God, he's going to strike me dead for going into a Trinitarian heathen lodge. Um, but I did go. And then slowly, that's when the pastor teaching out of scripture, I was like, wow. I thought we were the only ones that had this revelation or he'd go a whole passage in context and I would be like, wow, that is not at all what I was taught. And so then at that point, I was starting to use the internet, which was coming up still on dial up with the funny noises and things. I was using the internet somewhere else and came across one of the very first research articles about the message about the cloud. Uh, one of the biggest ones was the, the man from Windsor and all of the different things, you know, well, he died instantly and he ran out screaming and he lived for two more weeks. And, you know, there's like an entire list I can't remember. Oh, well, yeah, he was paralyzed. They dragged him. He ran out screaming. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> he died six weeks later. He died six months later. I don't know what ever happened to him. Right. Yeah, it's there's all sorts of flavors. Yeah. So, But, but was... I, we, we actually traced it back, you know, and... The first time William Branham mentions it, he says, the man says, is there forgiveness for me? And William Branham says, there was. Hmm. So the man from, from Windsor, and if you look at the YouTube video and there's an article on our website, I'll post it at the bottom of the page um, uh, that this podcast will be on. But it's very clear that if it in fact ever happened, the man, nothing happened to him, but he was forgiven because he asked forgiveness. And we know when you ask God for forgiveness, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. Amen. That's what God does when you say, will you forgive me? Yes, I will. But then, you know, William Branham took that story and then ran it off so that it likely never happened. But the first time he told it, it actually was told from a Christian perspective and not a Branhamite. <laughs> if William Branham was a Branhamite, I don't. Uh, <laughs> so I, I, what I hear you saying is, you basically became disenchanted with what you saw in the message from a spiritual perspective. That led to you attending church less and less, attending the message church, and finally resulted in you going to church with your grandmother, 
which was an eye-opening experience to you when you actually saw someone preaching scripture in context. Yes, very eye-opening. And fear had kept me from ever, you don't question what happens in those places because Branham said, you know, they're all lost. They're just going there. It's a social gathering. They don't understand any of the scripture like we do. So you don't even question what happens and you just assume, well, I don't know what you assume, but you don't think you're going to gain anything. You're just afraid. You're, you're afraid. There's so much fear. And that is in psychology, that's psychological abuse to have someone that's so controlled and so afraid. Then you started doing research. You found out all of these things. How did your family react to this? Well, I was very eager uh, to share. Oh, my goodness. Look at this. This is amazing. (laughs) And that did not go well. Uh, I was told that I was, you know, well, you're just taking somebody's word for it. And they're just, you know, trying to lead you astray. And, uh You know, I was told, what else was I told? But they wouldn't look at it themselves. They would not look at it themselves, no. And I was told that I was confused, that I was going down the wrong path. And if you go too far down the wrong path, pretty soon you're going to be so far down, you can't turn around. And basically, because you've denied the prophet, you're dooming yourself to hell. Yeah, no, I've certainly been told by, uh, we've got a number of emails from people that we have blasphemed the Holy Spirit because we say that William Branham is a false prophet, which he is, but, but people in the message generally refuse to look at the evidence. It's, it's, it's really quite sad. You, you're, you're kind of progressing, uh, coming out of the message. What happened? Like, were there any specific triggers that, that really kind of, was it, what, what was the thing where you really knew I'm out? I think where I actually knew I was out was the night that I accepted Christ as my Lord and Savior, April 3rd, 2002. You laugh, but I was still struggling with the Trinity. You know, my pastor, he's preaching through the Bible. Then he went through the stages of the spiritual journey and from a agnostic or a, a atheist agnostic unbeliever so on and so forth and got up to a seeking believer and the difference between a seeking believer and a surrendered believer and I realized there had to be that step and but yet I had like I developed some bad habits and sinful um, addictions in my life I think trying to mask the pain of my childhood and abuse and things and so I was so used to the condemnation. Like, I would never go to my message pastor and tell them any of these things. Um, so there was, I had like sworn an oath to myself I will never tell a human soul what I'm dealing with. But then I got to the point where I'm like, I can't clean myself up. I can't do this. And so I went to my pastor and said, Hey, can I talk to you? So we set up a meeting in the middle of the week. This is a non-message pastor. Non-message pastor in a denominational Christian church, the one that I went to, started going to with my grandmother. Um, Then over time, it didn't end up being grandma's church. I was going to church because I wanted to go to church, even stopped sitting with grandma. Because people might think, you know, she's just here because of her grandma. Um, But that night, I shared the struggles that I had. And I remember my pastor's wife, she was there too. 
And she just looked at me and smiled and said, it doesn't matter, you know, this is nothing to God. You're still you, all you have to do is hand it over and give it to Jesus. But there was still the Trinity aspect. That was the most terrifying thing. I mean, I had gone through my Bible. Um, I actually want to try to find that notebook in my storage container when I'm here this time from Uganda and find that I'd gone through the entire Bible and just written out every time I saw the Godhead interacting. And it wasn't just different manifestations. This was God. And so my pastor then read the scripture in Matthew at Jesus's baptism, which Branham tried to pollute by saying, uh, oh, you know, the Bible didn't translate it properly. It was, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased to dwell. He adds extra words. We know what the book of Revelation says about those who add to the scripture. Um, so my pastor just read it and said, the father looked down from heaven at the son. Uh, the, the spirit descended as a dove. Um, I don't have the scripture in front of me, but it was just God opened my eyes at that moment. And I knew that Branham's theology of the Godhead was false. And so I said, okay, I'm ready to take this step. And that's when I knew I was out of the message because that last little bit of that fear that was holding me from, you know, you kind of want to keep your toe a little bit in the water just in case. What if maybe he was a prophet, but yeah. But you never heard the salvation message was never made clear in the message church when you were growing up? I do not remember it ever being made clear. I remember one night asking my dad going, well, how do I know I'm saved? And he said, well, you know, you've been predestinated and you just have to have faith and believe. And God put you in our family for a reason. And so that was his answer of how do you know you're saved? Well, basically, your circumstances and just believe it. Wow. So it was really basically said, well, if you believe the prophet, you're in. Right. Right. That is. uh... And that was from what I remember, the basis of my baptism when I, I don't remember, early teens um, was baptized by Ned Iverson from Augusta, Georgia. He came up and baptized me. And it was basically you're of age of accountability and do you believe the message to be true? And probably Jesus was thrown in there, but it was never like clearly laid out to me. Yeah, I mean, one of the clearest things about, oh, there's so many parts, so many passages in scripture that really make William Branham's understanding of the Godhead incorrect. One of those is in John 17, 24, where Jesus says, Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am so that they can see my glory that you gave me because you loved me before the creation of the world. In the message context, it's Jesus kind of hugging himself, right? (laughs) Right, right, right. It just doesn't make, that passage of of scripture doesn't make any sense. Uh The word with. Right. In the beginning was the word word was God. The word was with. What is with means? Right. It it doesn't mean that you're hugging yourself, right? (laughs) Exactly. Right? Yeah. 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 And and so that's just one. I mean, that's, that's what, when I went through scripture, it was, it was passages like that, that I went, boom. Yeah, you're right. 
Branham's version of the Godhead. It's it can't it doesn't fit. It can't work. And message pe- preachers and message believers never talk in the way Scripture talks, the way Paul talked, for example. Like nobody in the message ever uses this term, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's true. Right? Yes, yes, yes. They're never gonna. They're never gonna say that because. Okay, well, that doesn't really work with their theology, but it's scripture. Uh-huh. Then you're out. What happened after that? Tell us a little about your journey after you came out. Well, I came out and still, you know, at, at church, um, the, the Christian church I was at, still struggling with what is in the Bible, what isn't in the Bible, what was Branham's twisted version of the Bible, what was a story that wasn't even in the Bible. I mean, I remember, and I don't know if it was something just my pastor said, if it's something Branham said, you know, that Paul had a unibrow or like, what's that have to do with anything? Or that you remember Sarah was knitting baby's booties when um, the angels came and, you know, that has nothing to do with anything. So my pastor encouraged me to go to a Bible study. And I was terrified to go to a Bible study because I'd have to share and show my ignorance. And I'm still used to the fear of being judged, you know. Um, fortunately, I had... And you a... didn't know your Bible very well, having been brought up in the message. No. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> because, you know, it's, it's funny. I've heard this expression in the message many, many times. Our kids know so much that they could tie any theologian in knots. <laughs> problem is that none of the people that ever said that had actually met a real life theologian and a spiritual theology just is the study of God. William Branham actually believed in theology because he said, my theology is the right theology, which is incorrect. But, but he, he, he had this um, understanding. Of course, theology was a bad word, but it's people who study God and study scripture and I've met some wonderful, and I'm hoping to have one uh, on this podcast uh, at, at some point in time, the not too distant future. And it's amazing when you actually talk to these people and understand how dedicated and devoted they have been to understanding the Word of God and the understanding that they have. Uh, it's, uh, it really is amazing. It amazes me. And I've learned a lot from people who are theologians. And it's funny, the irony, because when I was growing up, when people asked, oh, what do you believe? Your answer is, oh, I'm a non-denominational Bible-believing Christian. That's your answer. So they don't think you like have three eyes or something when you tell them you, you believe in a prophet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. We try to keep our podcasts under a half hour. So I think we will break off our interview here and continue it next week. If you would like to send us an email, there's a link on the offtheshelf.life website. Or you can email me directly at rod at offtheshelf.life. You can also reach Brian at brian with a Y at offtheshelf.life. The Off The Shelf website also contains a comment section after each podcast. Just click on the title of the podcast. It will take you to the page for that specific podcast. The comment section is at the bottom of the page. Thanks, and have a great week, everyone. I'll be